Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Uh, hey y'all what's up how's it going how you live how you be <laughs> i am laughing today in my own self which is quite all right because i found something to laugh at okay baby you got to make your own joy in the best way you can hello somebody amen amen so today's message guys um I've already said in the previous episode, but if you didn't listen to that episode, um, I did tell you guys at the end of season three that I will be coming on throughout the summer with some bonus episodes for you. And so today is one of those um, bonus episodes. And we're going to talk today about a reservoir, a stream and a river. And I know you may be saying like, what? (laughs) What that got to do with faith? I don't understand. Some of y'all may have already like caught on and got it, but there may be some of you that's like, what? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like why, why are we going to talk about that? But just, just bear with me. And I pray that you're able to receive what you need in today's message. All right. And so anybody that has been a part of this podcast experience with me knows that um, I always start with a prayer. So we're going to get into a prayer first and then jump on with this message. All right. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. We just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive a word from you, Father God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. You know what each person is dealing with, Heavenly Father. And so, Father God, we just lay our cares and our burdens at your feet so that you may give us rest. We thank you, God, for being a good shepherd, for loving on us, for caring for us, for guiding for us, guiding us every step of the way, navigating our steps and our paths. You know what is up ahead, God. And so you make sure that you send us on detours. Even if we don't like the process, we don't like the pitfall, we don't like the the turnabout. Nobody likes to get off course, God, but we know that if we trust in you, Jesus, you will lead us where we're supposed to go because you are our good shepherd. And so, Father God, may this word saturate the atmosphere of the hearts of your children. May it fall on good ground and produce good fruit in the lives of each individual who will listen to this message and who will carry it on to more and more people. Dropping those nuggets of wisdom that you produce through me, Heavenly Father. May I be a river flowing for your glory, God. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. So, today's message, I want to, just like I did before, I just want to talk to you. Come on this summer. Just kind of like chit-chat and with you. Talk about some things I've been learning. As you see, we don't really have... For this summer, besides it being just bonus episodes, um, a um, a series in the way I usually do series where, you know, I'm talking on one particular topic and breaking down several key components of that major topic talking point. This time it's just going to be some pop up things that God just kind of placed in my heart to teach. And that's always good as well. And so. Um, this summer has been one for the books and I'm gonna tell you why, because the, the biggest thing was I started this summer spending time with family and that was so important to me. Um, I have a very, very large family. My great, great grandmother had 10 children and eight of her 10 children went on to have many more children. Unfortunately, two of them passed away when she was younger. So that's why I said eight. Eight of the 10 children went on and had many children themselves. And then their children had children. And then we're the children of those children. So it's a lot of us. And then my generation, there's also some who have had kids by now. Um, 
And so it's just, it's amazing of just how large my family is. And um, years ago, uh, at least, unfortunately now it's been about 22 years where our family uh, once used to come together in its totality. You're talking well over 50 people plus. I can't even think to count, okay? Again, you do the math. Eight kids had their own children. One of them had eight her own. And then some of them had, you know, four and six. Their kids had kids. Some kids had 15 kids. Some kids had 10 kids. Some kids. So it's a lot of kids, okay? <laughs> it's a lot that came from the abundance of, um, of, of blessings that was my great-great-grandparents. And so... Um, it's been 22 years since my, my great grandmother, you know, my great, great grandmother's daughter, my great grandmother passed away. And at the time before she passed away, she was the main one who would bring all her siblings together and their children and onward. Um, so I was, I grew up constantly being around all of my cousins and aunts and uncles and whatnot. Um, and then when she passed away, it kind of like was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, uh, it, being around family is hard as it is. I mean, let's just be honest. You know, I'm sure everybody like, amen, sister. <laughs> okay. It's hard being around family as it is because it's different personalities. We may all come from, which is so interesting, by the way, that we all come from the same body of water. And yet it flows differently. It flows to different parts. It flows in different um, ways. You know, some are salty, some are sweet, some are um, pure and clear to drink, some are muddy, murky waters, you know, but it, it all flows from one source. And that's kind of what inspired today's message of me realizing and reflecting on my life and just looking at the differences between um, how we all can come from the same source and be so different. Just like bodies of water. Bodies of water can come from the same source and yet flow in different ways. Some may even become a reservoir. Some becomes a stream. Some becomes a river. Some becomes an ocean and onward and on and onward. And, it, and it's amazing that it all came from one source. And so you may say, well... Well, science says this, that it, uh, baby, I'm talking about the one source that created it all. God. It all came from God. And in this case, for my family, we all came from God, but yes. But in the natural sense, we all came from my great-great-grandmother. And yet, eight of her children, who went, then all went and birthed children of their own and owned or that trickles down to my generation, we are all different. I'm different than my great-aunts. I'm different than um, uh, all of my great uncles are passed away now and deceased. But, I, I'm, you know, from what I've heard about them, I'm different from them. I'm different from my cousins. I'm different from other aunts and uncles. I'm, I'm just different from those, even though we all came from the same body. Yet, God knew that we all would be different and yet he still created us to be one. And that's something that is missing today in today's culture and society is that unity, that oneness that we all used to have. You know, I was talking to my grandmother um, over um, the other day, actually. We were out and about and it was a hot day in Philly. I mean, woof, hot, hot, hot. Okay, hotter than fish grease, as they say. And... um we were out and about and we were just listening to, I always play gospel music. Anybody that um, hangs out with me, whether we, wherever we are, you know, I'm going to always play some gospel Christian music. Um, and so I was playing that just to keep my spirits lifted, which is the main reason why I do it. And of course, it sows seeds. Um, we don't realize even the music we listen to sow seeds. So you can sow seed of discourse. Or you could sow seed of positivity. I talked before in the past message of positive versus negative. Like you can choose 
which door you want to walk into, which door you want to um, bring in, bring whatever air in. One door can bring in negative toxic air. The other door can bring in positive air. The choice is yours of what door you want. And so for me, I always choose to keep Christian positive music playing no matter who's around because it's sowing seeds. Whereas um, a lot of as the Christian or church world would say secular music sow seeds of discourse and you may say ah, I listened to a song that was talking about love and okay but if you're not married listen to the words of that song because it may be talking about love but it's about love in terms of lust and sex therefore sowing seeds of discourse that would then infiltrate your body and your mind to then lust for something crave for something that God considers sinful and God says I don't want you to go that way it may be saying love, but then they're using derogatory terms to talk about women or men. So we really have to pay attention to what we're actually consuming. That's just a word out there for somebody. Just a little pivot. Um, pay attention to what you're consuming. You know, if you are struggling with things in your life, could it be that your waters became murky with something that you consumed? If you're struggling, for example, with anger, you're struggling with impatience. Could it be that it's what you're consuming that's adding to the, the, the murky waters that you have? Because God wants clear waters to flow through you because he is the living water. So everything that comes from him is clear. That's why it says get clarity, get wisdom, get understanding from God because that's where the clearness comes from. But if you got a little murkiness in your life, a little murkiness, a little mud, a little dirt and rocks and whatever. There's a barrier. There's a blockage blocking the water that should be flowing through you. Then you have to look at what you're consuming first. And how it has infected the waters of your life. The waters of your mind and your heart posture. Because God wants us to be pure. So that he can flow through us his pureness and that we can flow it onto others. But as long as you have that blockage there, it's just like a beaver um, stocking up a, uh, stopping up a dam. Nothing can flow through. So it's just blockage. So just really quickly, um, you know, take, take inventory of your life. What are you consuming every day? Whether it be the books you're reading, the podcasts you're listening to, the music you listen to, the movies and TV shows you watch, the conversations that you have, the, the social media streams that you're, um, that you're taking part in, people that you're following on social media, what you're reading, what you're seeing, what you're getting, what news you're listening to, like all of that factors in to how clear your water will actually be. How clear your life, your mind, your heart posture will actually be. It all comes from something. And so if you got some murkiness in your life, you need to look at the waters and see what are you consuming? What's blocking and what's causing this murkiness? And then, then focus on clearing that away so that you can flow more freely. Okay, so anyway, back to my family. <laughs> so, um, with my family, um, it's been 22 years since my great-grandmother, my Nana, passed away. And I talked about before, she passed away my birthday, October 10, 2001. Um, excuse me. And when she passed away, it was hard it was really, really hard to endure that, to deal with that. And so I remember um, my family just broke after that. We used to be a family squad deep in the church, y'all. I'm talking about everybody knew which pew not to sit on, okay? <laughs> because they knew that's the Griffin pew. Don't, don't even touch that pew. It's too many of them. So they need their whole pew. <laughs> in the church to sit on okay and so that that was our section and my nana had us all 
in the church. She raised us all in the church. Now, unfortunately, sadly, because of church hurt and different hurts and pains. And what I mean by church hurt just means that people in the church hurt somebody. And and so people went their separate ways, you know. Um, and there were also some people that felt like because um, our family was you know pivotal in that church it was just too painful to come back to um what i call like my family's church because we go back generations back to the matriarch as i said my great-great-grandmother you know she started bringing our family to this one particular baptist church and so generations of us were brought up and raised like i said she had 10 children so generations of us were brought up and raised in that church and um and so when my Nana passed away, one of the 10 siblings, it was very hard for the family because she was like, if you ever saw the movie Soul Food, she was Big Mama. She was the one that brought everybody together all the time, every Sunday for Sunday dinners, every holiday we came together, um, birthdays we came together. Like there was never a time where my family wasn't coming together. And so for the last 22 years, it's been kind of hard not seeing my family come together. And so I remember just constantly praying about it. And recent years, God was the one that was kind of revealing to me different visions and dreams of me seeing myself with my family in its totality. And for those that are still living. And it was like, at the time, I didn't really understand what God was showing me. So I would just write down what I saw in the vision. And sometimes it would just be like maybe a Christmas event, like a Christmas uh, party or gathering I was having. Another time it might have been like a um, vacation we all took. Another time it was uh, like a ski trip we did. Another time, and on and on. It was just like there's many different gatherings. Sometimes it was just like a gathering at the house and just a cookout or something. And I didn't understand what God was showing me, so I would just write them down, and, and I would pray about it. And, and sometimes I might even get frustrated, because I'm like, God, why are you showing me this, knowing my heart's desire, and knowing that my family won't come together? And it wasn't until very recently where it was actually my spiritual mentor. This is why I was telling you guys throughout the entire Trigger Wars series. It is important. It is crucial. It is pivotal. For you to have the right team in your life. Because as I said earlier today. What you consume matters. And who you consume what from matters as well. And so you got to have your team. You gotta, got you guys got to listen to the Trigger War series. I'm not going to go down the list once again. Of what um, the five key people you need to have in your life. One of them is the Holy Spirit. There's four other, other people um, who are earthly people that you need to have in your life go listen to that series to get that if you missed it um but my spiritual mentor actually said to me it's your assignment to bring your family back together and i was like say what now <laughs> okay i'm sorry we must have had some uh into some disturbances some interruptions on the phone it might be some static flow i ain't hearing you correctly miss you need to say that one more again okay because uh do you know my family <laughs> And I know some of y'all may saying the same thing. Like, child, yes, bye, girl. Bye, Felicia. Do you know my family? Like, uh-uh. And I was feeling like that. Like, uh-uh. See, I'm not my Nana. My Nana just had that special whatever, that gift, that that talent, that anointing from God to bring the family together. And it was just like, mm, that ain't me. That ain't me. I feel like um, I'm not the right person to do this. And so... It actually started now, mind you, my my spiritual mentor just said this to me this summer, but God put it on my heart last year, my birthday, October 10th last year. He put it on my heart to bring my family to well, rather to invite my family to my birthday party. I had just turned 35 last year. And so God said, have a party, invite your family because I kept going back and forth what I was going to do. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going to do nothing for my birthday. And then God said, no. And he told me exactly what to do. And I was like, all right, God, well, if this is really, you know, going to come together and you really want these people to come, then you're going to put it on their heart to come. And so I released it literally two weeks in advance, two weeks notice. <laughs> I, I sent out, a, a you know, individual text. I don't like group text. I sent out individual text to the many family members numbers that I had. And I told them, like, people that I don't have the numbers to, please send it to them. Everybody can come. 
And I was so overwhelmed with the turnout for my birthday. I mean, family members who I hadn't spoken to in years showed up just to celebrate my birthday. I was like, wow, God. I actually was crying at my birthday party because I was just like taken aback. And even my mother made a speech of like, wow, I'm so shocked at how many of our family showed up. And thank y'all for supporting my daughter because she she was just, you know, feeling... um you know, fill in some type of way of the the displacement of the family. And so it was just really special. It was a special moment, y'all. I, I can't even put it into words just how special it was to see my family come together. And so I and so after that it actually, which I didn't know until literally like a month ago, um it sparked from that from my birthday party last year. It sparked the conversation being had by other family members uh, amongst themselves of we need to do a family reunion. I didn't even know that until, like I said, last month in June when they were telling me of like, yeah, we've been talking about doing a family reunion. I was like, wow, really? I had no idea. And the reason why I mentioned um, this year and last month is because God said it again. You know, towards the end of the podcast, I, talk, I kind of talked about having a family gathering that got it put on my heart and and I did it for Father's Day weekend and um and I just threw it out there again to see okay well I'm gonna do I'm gonna be obedient guy you told me to throw this I'm gonna be obedient I'm gonna send it out we'll see what happens and sure enough like other people showed it now it wasn't um all the same people because like I said I got a big family but there were other people that didn't come the first time for my birthday party that came this time. And it was just like, wow, oh my gosh, like, I haven't seen you in so long. I haven't seen you in so long. Oh my goodness, like, it's so nice to connect with you. And it was just amazing how God showed up and showed out again. And so I say all that to say, when God puts something or deposited something in us, we're not meant to hoard it. And hold it just for ourselves. We're meant to be a body of water. Like a river. That flows and allows what God placed in us. To be poured out onto others. For years God had been pouring it into me. Through visions and dreams. And just a craving in my heart. that I, A longing that I missed of, of old times. Of seeing my family brought together. But it wasn't meant for me to just hold those dreams, hold those visions in and say, okay, it's never going to happen or I'm never going to do anything with that, that dream, that goal, um, that idea. I'm just going to hold it. No, it was meant for me to pour it out. Just like what God has been teaching me through my faith walk wasn't meant for me to just hold it in, hold that peace in, hold that joy in, hold that love in just for myself. And just be selfish. Me, myself, and I. Well, I got these keys to this this joy, this peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm just holding on for me. No. I was meant to pour it out onto my family, onto you guys, onto the community around me. And I'm saying this because we are meant to be bodies of flowing water for Christ Jesus. We're not meant to be like a reservoir. And so for those that are like, well, what is the reservoir? Maybe you haven't heard of it. I wanted to um, break this down in the natural. You guys know I use practical examples for spiritual principles if you've been following a podcast. And so I want to break this down in the natural and then and then uh, spread light on what it means in the spiritual. So let's start with a reservoir. Okay, so the definition from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary for a reservoir is a large natural or artificial lake used as a source of water supply or a supply or source of something that's what a reservoir is it's normally encased um especially in like metropolitan cities it's normally encased in concrete and it's just like this huge pool of water that's a reservoir kind of like a pool in a sense uh, uh you know uh, uh it's it's meant to just be there for it. If uh, an emergency comes and all other water fails, 
then this system will pour into place to um to give water to the nearby community a stream is a continuous body of surface water flowing within the bed and banks of a channel it also means to transmit or receive data over a source as a steady continuous flow now we know the stream from different channels in terms of um tv or film or even social media where you are receiving or transmitting this data over the internet but a stream can be either way and then you have a river a river is a natural flowing water course usually a fresh water stream fresh water stream flowing on the surface or inside caves towards another water body at a lower elevation such as an ocean sea bay lake wetland or another river okay so why did i just give you those definitions because i want you to understand the natural with the spiritual of what i'm talking about so i just gave you guys clear pictures so that you can envision right now in your mind you know what a river looks like you know what a stream looks like you know what a reservoir looks like okay so what does that mean for us in the spiritual realm a lot of christians a lot of jews that believe in yeshua are like reservoirs they receive or they're like streams i i, I do put both of them out there they're like a reservoir or like or like the stream they're like a reservoir in the sense of they go to church every sunday or to the synagogue every saturday they receive the words of encouragement from the rabbi or the teacher or the pastor or whatever. They, they receive the, the bishop, the priest. They receive what they need from these people. And then they hold it all in. And then they leave the church or the synagogue and go about their daily life. Never doing anything with that material that they received. Never doing anything with what was deposited in them. Never, and when I say never doing it, it doesn't mean that they weren't using it for their lives to keep them um, going every day, every week, to keep them encouraged. Yes, they're doing that, but then that's it. So it's just nourishing that body of water. It, it's just, and we are as human beings filled up of water. Go, go find out the human, human anatomy. You learn that that all of us are made up of water among other things and so that body of water that that woman that man that went to church with the synagogue they received what they needed like a reservoir and that was it it's closed up they kept it to themselves and that's it then you have some that's a stream a stream that they transmit they receive it it kind of stays on the surface a little bit. So maybe the first person they come into contact with gets it. Um, they might, you know, flow a little bit to somebody else. And, and that's it. It's like a, it's like a trickle down effect. And, and that's it. Just trickle a little water. Just drip, 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 drip. <laughs> a little water onto somebody. And, and, and then that's it. But imagine for a moment. How many people, you as a, the person listening to this, come into contact with? And even for those of y'all that say, well, I don't really go out. Okay, but you got a cell phone. And whether you get phone calls coming in your house or your cell phone or you call somebody, whether you get text messages coming into you or you text somebody, or whether you're on social media and you're scrolling past people, you have come into contact with other people so imagine if you were to count how many people you actually have the um ability to come into contact with that this day if you counted it up and you only were a reservoir and you kept it to yourself then those people are starving of thirst they're dry. They're, they're experiencing a drought because you kept the water to yourself like a reservoir. 
only storing up what God poured in for to you for you and you only. Or you're a stream. And so maybe, okay, well, since this is my favorite cousin, I'll, I'll share some knowledge or insight or wisdom or some money with them. Or a car ride with them. Put into practical examples. Not just about what you get from God in terms of the spiritual um, the spiritual word of God. But there's also blessings he gives you financially. He gives you practically. Some of you have houses and cars and bank accounts. These are all resources the source which is God gave you but it wasn't for you to be a reservoir and keep it to yourself it was meant for you to pour it out onto others and so like a stream you may say okay well listen this I'm only going to trickle down just a little bit on the surface so I'll just I'll just get this little bit to my favorite my favorite so-and-so put your favorite in your favorite best friend your favorite cousin your your favorite child whatever you and so you pour it into that one person and then that's it. So granted, yes, you you did your part. You feel because you at least gave it to one person. But let's say let's throw a number out there. For example, you came into contact with twenty people today, and you only gave to one person. And yes, God is happy that you at least gave to the one. But how many more are dry? How many more? You could have given and been a blessing too that you came into contact with, but you didn't. And and then there's the river. I waited to get through those examples before I gave you the river. The river, as we said, is a flowing water course that flows not only on the surface, but inside. And it flows towards. So it flows in three different ways. It's not like a stream that's just on the surface and just only transmits or receives. It's not like a reservoir that just holds it all in. It flows three different ways. Surface, inside, and outside onto others. So it is constantly, it, it's, it's so clear that it's just constantly flowing. It's constantly getting what it needs. It's constantly flowing it out to others. The problem with a lot of believers in Yeshua and Jesus is that they find it hard to be a river. You're not willing to pour into each 20 people. For the example I'm using of 20 people, you're not willing to pour in, pour something into each of the 20 people you came encounter with. So that they are able to leave what they needed. And so you may say, okay, well, you mentioned your family. How does it tie in? I'm glad you asked me. Because... What I made sure I did for my birthday party and then even more so with my family gathering. I was intentional about spending time with each person. Talking to each person, sitting with each person, dancing with each person. So that each person, whether you were young or old, got the attention that they needed. Now granted, maybe I wasn't able to give you 100% of the attention that you would have liked. But each person can say, I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt loved on by Andrea because she made sure to pour it out onto me. Even the kids. I may not have been able to play every single game with the kids. Or been able to do everything, every single thing with the kids. But each kid got a hug. Each kid got a uh, some affection. Each kid got a uh, time with me. Each kid, you know, got my attention. This is how we're meant to be as believers. You are not meant to just keep it for yourself. That peace that God pours into your heart is not meant to be a reservoir only for you to be filled with that peace each and every day. Is meant for you to extend that peace onto others. So if you're feeling, for example, joyous today, extend that joy to somebody else, whether they give it to you or not. Hear ye, hear ye. Because it's something that God has taught me and he continues to reiterate me time and time again so that I continue to um, solidify the lesson that he taught me. Let go of offenses and expectations quickly. This means that you, whenever somebody says something that may offend you, let it go very quickly as it came. 
Because it is not a personal matter for you to receive. It is a spiritual thing. There's something in you. There's a light in you, which is God, that they see that bothers them. You have no control over their emotions or their feelings. All you can do is control you. This is why Galatians 5 talks about mastery of self-control. This is the, the fruit of the spirit. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. It don't say other control. <laughs> it says self-control. Control yourself. Control your emotions. You can't control somebody else. This is also why it says, why God teaches me and I'm teaching it to you. Let go of expectations. Stop expecting you from other people. Hello, somebody. Gotta get an amen. Amen. Stop expecting you from other people. People will not treat you how you treat them. Even though, yes, the Bible says in Matthew 7, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But it is about you. It's not, it doesn't say others should be doing this to you. It says do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. It doesn't mean that they will. But regardless of if they do or not, it should not stop you and your flow of water. You should be able to still be a river regardless. Regardless of if they want to receive it or not. Regardless of if they want to pour back into you or not. It doesn't matter. Because trust and believe. If they don't pour back into you, their peace, their love, their joy, their financial resources, their um, care. If you're dealing with sickness and health issues their time, their whatever, if they don't pour that back into you, even a, an encouraging word, if they don't pour that back into you, that's fine with you. Why? Because God says, I'm going to take care of you because I'm the ultimate source. They're resources, but I'm the ultimate source. Yes, they are different bodies of water, but we come from one body, which is God. So even if that person who's their own body of water doesn't pour into your body of water, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have another body of water pour into you. It just means that they weren't the ones that pour into you. And again, you should not want to consume them anyway. Because their water may be murky. And so if your water is flowing clear and good and mm, it's just fresh water. It tastes so good. Child, them fresh springs, baby. Some of y'all drink some spring water. So you know them fresh springs taste good. It's, it's mm, the best water you done tasted. They may come with some tainted water. Now, and if they come with some muddy bottle of water, do you want that bottle of water? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Nobody wants to drink the muddy bottle of water. But why do you consume that in people? It's because you are expecting you from others. It's because you don't understand that you're meant to be a body of water, a river flowing freely and clearly. And it's because you don't understand to let go of offenses quickly. You cannot hold on to what somebody pours into you. You have got to flow it out. Even if they pour into you the negativity. That's why I said let go of offenses and expectations quickly. Or rather God said it to me. I'm saying it to you. Let it go. Let it flow through you. When they come with their negativity, when they come with their toxic energy, when they come with their bad comments, when they come to try to steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your peace, understand, Jesus, Jesus already told us that in John 10.10, 10, they are on assignment by the devil because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give you life everlasting. That's everlasting flowing of water, of fresh water. He came to give you. So it doesn't matter what they may bring to you. Let it flow through you. That toxicity that comes. Okay. Even if you accidentally consumed it. Let it flow through. Let it clear out. Let it pure out. There's a movie I'm thinking of right now. That actually kind of. Uh, uh, gives a better example. And so you probably Google this. Or YouTube this particular part of it. I believe it's in X-Men. Um, X-Men. One, the first movie, the book of X-Men, <laughs> chapter one, <laughs> I think it's in the first Marvel X-Men movie um, that came out back in the, I think that's either the late 90s, early 2000s, and um, where Patrick Stewart is Professor Xavier. That's the movie I'm talking about. And I believe it's in the first one or the second one where um, Cerebral gets poisoned. And I know it's either the first one or the second one. Where Cerebral gets poisoned. And if you don't know much about what I'm talking about. Okay, Cerebral was this 
Oh, let's try to give a, a background, a quick, quick background story. Okay. Cerebral was this um, dome-shaped room that Professor Xavier, who had the um, supernatural powers of mind reading and mind control, it was, this, it was this room he designed with Magneto to go into and... Um, and he would put this like helmet on his head and he'll be able to see all of the people in the world and and also the difference between the people in the world and the mutants in the world. And so there was this might have been a second one. There was a um a army general that hated the mutants. Even his own child was a mutant, and so he hated the mutants and he went after the mutants, and the way he did it was um, he kind of poisoned the poison cerebral. And so when Professor Xavier went to put a cerebral on, I might be mixing movies. Anyway, go see him anyway. But when Professor Xavier went to put the helmet on, all of a sudden his thoughts got jambled and, um, and he was just like really distorted or whatever. And so what... Um, what one of the, the, the teachers had to do, I can't remember what teacher it was, they had to go and flush it out. And so it was basically like what they showed was the canister looked like clear water. And when it got, um, when it got infected, it was dark muddy water. And so they had to go and flush out the muddy water so that it would be flowing clear water again. I gave that, you know, kind of uh sloppy but i did the best i could now i'm not really that much of a comic book geek um and for those out there listening it's nothing wrong with a comic book geek if that's you that's that's great i just like the movies and so that's i only know from the movie if i don't re- read the comic books and so um but anyway to my example you may be experiencing murky waters that came your way somebody came and infected you or your spirit and, and they try to taint your beautiful, clear, flowing water. Your clear connection with the cerebral God. In this, in this instance, I'm talking about God who's bigger, who sees all people. Your job is to flush that out. Flush the negativity out. As I talked about before in the, in the last episode, you know, I had to take the, the good with the bad. I had to choose the positive door, even when people, including family, may say things that's hurtful or mean or nasty. Or they may not understand what you're doing. You got to take the good with the bad and let it flow. And so um, I'm going to give some scripture context today since we're talking about this. Um, and then I also have another, um, a short, um, a short story that I wanted to share with you that I was reading that kind of piggybacks off of what I'm talking about. Cause I thought this is so beautiful. Um, and so go with me in your Bibles to John. Let's go to John three sixteen. And 17 and many of you probably know the scripture before you've heard it before I want to read it in a new translation that God placed on my heart it's called the tree of life version TLV for those that have Bible apps and you want to find it TLV tree of life version and so John three sixteen says this For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17. God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, what did we just learn about a river? A river flows through. It flows within. It flows on the surface, but it also flows through. To get to other bodies of water. God is saying through this word. That Jesus came to be that body of water that flows through. And so you're supposed to be the same thing. That body of water that flows through. That's what he wants to do for you. Flow through. But you got to be willing to do the work. 
Don't be a reservoir and hold it all in. Let God and any and everything he put in you. Because understand that when you die, you can't take nothing with you. So what does that mean? That means that whatever God gives you, even the, the tangible, practical things you can put your hands on. You're not, it's not for you. Your bank account is not for you. Your house is not just for you. Your car is not just for you. These are resources God gave you for you to be a blessing for others. It's not just yours. You're meant to be a steward because it all belongs to God, not you. And at any time, he could take it away. So don't say and keep relying on these things because the world says rely on these things. These are the best things and 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 love on these things and serve these things and worship these things. And God is saying, uh-uh, do not make an idol of anything. It says it in the Bible. You should have no other idol or God but the one true God. Be a river. Be a river that flows through. And so the next scripture I want to go to is John 10. You guys just heard me talking about that, but I want to read this again. I've read it before, but I want to read this again. The good shepherd and his sheep. John 10, starting at the first verse, I'm going to go down to the 16th verse. So bear with me, guys. I tell you the truth. It's a Jesus speaking. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They don't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them further. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Pause right there. Do you hear what Jesus just said in verse 9? Those who come in through me, that means being saved through him, as he says, will be saved. They will come and go freely. That's water. And will find good pastures. You will always find a good patch of grass that is near a good body of water because it is constantly getting nutrients why because the river is constantly flowing it doesn't just stay there it's flowing this is why he says that comes in through me will come and go freely why because jesus is constantly supposed to flow in through you and out onto others in through you out onto others but if you do not allow because of the blockage, because of what you're consuming, then again, you're becoming a reservoir or a stream. And the stream is only going to be a trickle down effect. It's only going to be surface that people can get from you, but they can't get too deep because your deepness is, is um, meddled by murky waters. God says, I need you to clear that out. Like the film I said, clear it out so that more pure water can flow through you more pure blessings can flow through you more of pure um god's word and god's holy spirit can flow through you but as long as you keep it all bottled in or as long as you keep that murkiness in your heart in your mind then people can only get what's on the surface from you like a stream they can't get that any more nutrients than that and as we all know with anything the the deeper it the deeper nutrients in the roots this is why a lot of times when you um uproot a plant for instance if you don't put that plant back in so that it can continue growing its roots into whether uh, uh whether you're taking it out of one pot and putting it into a bigger plot pot or you're taking it out of a pot and putting it into a ground if you don't hurry up and get that in to the ground so that the roots can continue to grow then the top part of the plant that you see will die the same thing goes for our lives. If you do not get attached to the root, go read John 14. It talks about the vine and the branch. If you do not get attached to the root, 
I'm sorry, that's uh, John 15. If you do not get attached to the root of Jesus so that he may flow through you, then you're, you're, you're going to die. You're going to suffocate from the oxygen, the air, and the toxicity that's in the air around you. You got to get rooted and planted in the right environment so that the right type of water, the right type of nutrients can flow through you so that you can nurture other people. Um, Continuing on. Oh, you know, I'll give you guys another example really quick before I continue on. I just thought about a tree. And in, and in terms of an apple tree, when it's time to harvest the apples, they never tear down the entire tree to harvest the apple, the apple, excuse me, because they know that the roots that's buried deep from the seeds that were originally planted of the apple tree will continue to produce more apples. So they just harvest the apples that's at the surface, but they don't disturb what's underneath because underneath will still continue, continue bringing in nutrients because it's still flowing freely. Same thing with you. If you continue to stay planted and rooted in Christ Jesus and consuming all of him and not the things of this world. That's why it says be not transformed, um, be not conformed, excuse me, by the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you continue to allow God to flow through you and transform your mind within pure pours into your heart and purifies your heart, you then are like the the roots you're, you're then like the the branches on a tree that even when people come to peel off the apple that you produce another apple about to come right behind it and another apple will come behind it and on and on and on there will be more flowing from you because god didn't uproot you and you didn't uproot yourself okay in verse 10 that these purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. What does this mean? That means that like a reservoir, you only care about protecting what you got for yourself. You're a hired hand. So you show up on Sunday. You show up on Saturday. You get what you need. You get the encouragement you need. You show up at the job. You get the money you need to pay your bills. You get the car you need to drive for you and your purposes only. And it's only for you like a reservoir. So it's not blessing anybody else. <coughs> Excuse me. The only time people are able to get that blessing from you is in the case of emergency. Otherwise, you're just keeping it for yourself. Excuse me, y'all. Um, God does not want that for you. God wants you to be like him. Jesus wants you to be like him. This is why we have the written word down for us to read how Jesus' life walked. And granted, even John talks about in John 21... That these these stories are only a small portion because it would take too long to write down everything that Jesus did. But this small portion of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are enough to give us fuel, to give us water, to give us nutrients, to then flow it out onto others. What God gives you is not for you. It's meant to be for other people. Let it flow, y'all. <laughs> Change, let it go, to let it flow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so let's continue on in verse um, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. I've been teaching that this entire time, guys. Verse 16 kind of sums it all up. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock 
with one shepherd. God is the 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 head of the flock. Jesus is the one shepherd. We are the one body. The one church. It's not meant to be all these different denominations and churches, organizations, and all that. It's supposed to be one church. Jews and Christians alike. One church. One body. That's meant to flow out onto others that have never heard of Jesus Christ before. Or maybe they've heard of Jesus Christ before. But like my family, and, and because of different hurts and pains, they scattered. God says, I still want my children to come back. I still want my sheep to come back. So it is our job to be a river, to flow freely. So that as an example, I said earlier, the 20 people you come into contact with, each get some nutrients, each get a sip of water. And it doesn't take away from your body of water because you're a river. You constantly have water flowing through you. They're meant to get their, their thirst quenched from you, each 20 people. And not just one person out of 20. Not just a few people got a few sips and that's it. And even them sips wasn't enough. They was like, man, I really wish I had a whole bottle of water. But you only gave me a sip of water. So I just had to take that. No, do not be a reservoir, ladies and gentlemen. Do not be a stream. God wants you to be a river flowing freely for him. And allowing him to flow freely through you so that others may receive the the freshness, the nutrients, the quenchness of their thirst that they need. There are other sheep out there, guys. Not just us. And we all have to do our parts. God didn't just say um, that I only want these few people. Even though many are called. There are a few that's chosen, and that's because it's the few that are of us that are willing to step up and say, Here I am, Lord, send me. Will you join me and the others of us that are the few that will say, Yes, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, I surrender all. Here I am, Lord, flow through me so that I may pour out unto others. And keep that flow continuing, God. Don't let it get murky with muddy waters. Don't let me get caught up with offenses and expectations. God, just please flow through me so that I may flow your peace out onto others. I may flow your joy out onto others. I may flow your love out onto others. I may flow your sacrifice out onto others. I may flow your finances and resources that you give me onto others. I may be a blessing onto others. Will you allow God to use you? And so I did have a few more scriptures I wanted to get to, but I'm going to wrap it up with this last story that I wanted to leave you guys with uh, that I mentioned earlier. I'm going to talk about the Teledeo. And this scripture, um, and the, what inspired this message is the scripture, the Lord said, These have no master, let each return to his house in peace. This is 2 Chronicles 18 verse 16. In the fall of fortresses, Elmer Bendenier tells of a miracle that happened to him and a few others aboard their B-17 bomber. Now, the fall of fortresses is a book. You guys can go Google that if you want to read it. Anyway, the Taladeo is the B-17 bomber. During a run over Castle, Germany, Nazi anti-aircraft guns berated the plane with flak. That was nothing unusual, but on this particular flight, the plane's fuel tanks were hit. The crew was amazed that the 20 millimeter shell piercing the tank didn't cause an explosion. The following morning, the pilot, Bon Fox, asked the crew chief for the shell as a souvenir of their unbelievable luck. Bond was told that not just one shell had been found in the gas tanks, but 11. 11 unexploded shells. It truly seemed to be a miracle. The shells were sent to the armorers to be diffused and intelligence picked them up there. Later, they informed the Teledeo crew that when they opened the shells, they found no explosive charges in any of them. They were clean and harmless. One of the shells, however, was not completely empty. It contained a carefully rolled up piece of paper. On it was scrawled in the Czech language. This is all we can do for you now. 
the miracle had not been one of misfired shells. No, the miracle was of peace loving hearts. If we want peace in our homes, we need to disarm our weapons. Hurtful words, prideful looks, and harmful attitudes. When we do all we can, God does all he can. He floods our home with his peace and love. Peace is not made at the council tables or by treaties, but in the hearts of men. The question is, are there weapons in life that you need to disarm so that you can be a river flowing freely for God? Think about it. Reflect on it. Pray about it even. Ask God, is there murky waters? These are the weapons I'm talking about. Is there murky waters in your life that you need to disarm, that you need to clear out? That you need to be purified with so that God can flow freely through you. He wants to be a river, y'all. Not a reservoir, not a stream, but a river. Let God flood and flow through your life. So, I pray this message stirs your faith, gives you some things to think about. Uh, until we meet again, guys, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you a shalom give you his peace. Take care. Bye now.